Welcome back to our podcast, Banger Coffee Chats. What coffee are you drinking today, Portia? I'm drinking a warm decaf coffee that's perfect for my cold. What about you? Oh, I'm sorry to hear about your cold, but I've got a light roast with some almond milk. Nice! If you're new here, welcome. Every week we talk about super interesting topics over a cup of coffee. Today, we've got a banger topic for you. Chicken blood parents in China. There are a new type of parents that have emerged in China, and we'll be looking at what constitutes chicken blood parenting and how this parenting affects child development. We'll also be discussing some of the Chinese government's reactions to this new parenting style. When talking about this parenting style, we should first talk about the culture that caused this style to arise. First off, the Chinese government focuses a lot on creating equality among all of the people, which is why they have the Gaokao, a college entrance exam. And for our viewers that don't know what the Gaoka is, it's a test that all students must take to get into a Chinese university. They take it all on the same day, and it's a really big deal. And basically, your entire future depends on your score, like your education, job, and future status. The government does this in the name of equity. They say it's supposed to give a poor farmer's son and a rich business owner's daughter the same shot for a good future. Don't know how equitable that actually is. (laughs) Haha, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, this one test has a bunch of parents hyper-focused to ensure that their child performs optimally on it and can go to a top university. And this is really what inspired chicken blood parenting to arise. First, let's define what chicken blood parenting is. Chicken blood parenting, or jiwa parenting, is an attentive and obsessive parenting style. The name comes from a Chinese medicine treatment where a person is injected with fresh chicken blood to stimulate energy. So the parents are injecting their kids to stimulate their growth. Exactly. These parents will schedule their children's days in 15-minute increments, making sure almost every minute is packed with supplemental activities. And they'll scour online forums for tips and look on WeChat to find exclusive tutors and the best sports coaches. I'm a bit confused. What's the difference between chicken blood parenting and tiger moms? Well, the chicken blood term actually comes from tiger moms, but it's like a more intense version. Chicken blood parents are just as demanding, but they're also much more obsessive in their kid's life. So really, how obsessive are these parents? How much bank do they spend on their children's education? Trust me, they spend big bank. A lot of these chicken blood parents reside in the richest cities in China. Many Chinese families spend, on average, between one-fourth and nearly one-half of their incomes on supplemental education activities. That's a lot of money. Honestly, if I were a parent, I'd probably spend it all on food. Sorry to my future children. But wait, it gets even crazier. In China's version of the Silicon Valley, the Haidian district, many kids start coding at the age of six on their iPads. Whoa, they start their kids young. I know, right? The preparations start earlier than that, though. When kids are in preschool, chicken blood parents put them into many expensive classes to prepare them to test into these selective secondary schools. It's a big deal because these secondary schools play a huge factor in Gaokao results. That sounds stressful. Where do you think this culture originated from? That's a wonderful question. A lot of these chicken blood parents come from humble backgrounds, and they worked hard as Chinese economy began to flourish. That's why they have similar expectations for their children. And we should also emphasize there's a whole culture around chicken blood parenting. We mentioned before that there are forums and WeChat groups devoted to these extra activities. Well, this has caused almost a pressure among parents to become chicken blood parents. Yes, I read many accounts of parents who are previously very lenient on their children but saw social media posts of other parents bragging about their toddlers, yes, toddlers, activities. So they began feeling really pressured to put their toddlers in the same activities. There's almost a fear that your child will fall behind if you don't start putting them in all these extracurricular activities. 
Many parents, and even the general public, feel that there's a very strong sense of anxiety, stress, fear, and exhaustion around chicken blood parenting. And I can't imagine how it is for the actual kids. You basically have no free time to do kid things. Yeah, I mean, these parents feel like there's only time to study for tests and prepare for the gal call. Now, all this talk about demand and expectations is making me think of Baumrein's styles of parenting. Ooh, it's good that you brought that up. For our viewers that don't know, Diana Baumrein was a clinical psychologist who created four styles of parenting, authoritative, authoritarian, permissive, and neglectful. They're based on how responsive and demanding a parent is. We'll be focusing on authoritative and authoritarian parenting today, so let's define those terms. Authoritative parenting is when a parent is responsive and demanding, while authoritarian is when a parent is unresponsive and demanding. Thanks for that definition. Back to the chicken blood parenting. There's actually a bunch of discussion over where Chinese parents fall in Baumrein's criteria. Traditionally, Chinese parents are described as authoritarian, so unresponsive and demanding. In Chinese culture, and especially in chicken blood parenting, characteristics of authoritarian parenting are used. These characteristics developed from the sociocultural context in China, which always has heavily valued education, even in ancient times. While Chinese emperors reigned in China, upper-middle-class men studied to test as a zhongren, or Chinese scholars that advised the emperor. People who became a zhongren were highly regarded and automatically entered the upper class. Sounds pretty similar to the Gaokao, doesn't it? Wow, I had no idea this culture dated way back. The truth is, Baumrein's styles are very Eurocentric and can't really be used to evaluate Chinese parenting since it's abandoned in a culture that Chinese people do not share. That's a really interesting point, Portia. Chinese parents have really different values and perceptions than Euro-American parents. Like, for example, for Chinese parents, control and governments have really positive connotations, which is really different from American parents. Exactly. And another interesting point. Usually, authoritarian parents are associated with poor school achievement, but Chinese students with quote-unquote authoritarian parents are actually very high-achieving. So we cannot really explain Chinese parents or students in terms of the parenting styles that Western psychologists study. I'm also questioning the unresponsive part of the authoritarian definition. We just described chicken blood parents as very obsessive, so that doesn't really seem to match. Well, that's another reason why we can't really use Baumrein's model. On one test, Chinese mothers actually scored higher than European-American mothers for one, level of maternal involvement for promoting a child's success, two, being the sole caretaker of a child, and three, having the child physically close to their mother. Hmm, and we both know how much Chinese moms love their sons. <laughs> exactly. They are very warm, but we also can't really say they're authoritative, since they still have a clear level of control over the child, and the child is given strict expectations. Right. It's more like the child understands that the parents have control, and so they just accept it. There really isn't much conflict, as is predicted with Baumrein's model. Yeah, good point. It's all very interesting. Like, there needs to be a new model built around a Chinese culture. Totally. Well, we should talk about how this parenting style actually affects a child when they're older. What are the implications of this type of parenting after the child grows up? Will they have similar standards for themselves, or will they let it loose and party it up? Amazing questions, Emma. So in previous studies about Chinese parenting styles like chicken blood parenting, researchers found that the authoritative parenting is effective for self-regulated learning in the future, while authoritarian parenting has a negative effect on self-regulated learning. That's an interesting conclusion. How does this apply to chicken blood parenting if it doesn't really fit into Baumrein's model? My personal experience with self-regulated learning takes a stance that is a balance of the previous study I just mentioned. Growing up, my parents never forced me to achieve certain results, but definitely emphasized the importance of education and provided me with various resources for learning. 
a combination of authoritarian and authoritative parenting, I think that it has helped me become a better self-regulated learner. So we've mentioned the Chinese authorities and their focus on equality before. I think that they hate this new style of parenting that seems to push back their efforts to create equality. You'd think correct. The government has recently implemented the double reduction policy, which basically forced all private education services, mostly private tutors, to shut down or turn into nonprofits. They want families to have more children and raise more workers. And we've seen that with the three-child policy. Yeah, and the chicken-blood parenting trend has been increasing the private education sector, which was worth billions of dollars. This has deepened inequality by a lot, since the wealthy families can spend more on higher-quality private education. I bet it's also discouraged parents from having more children too, since a child is becoming more expensive and more emotionally exhausting to raise if they want to raise it by chicken blood parenting levels. Yeah, that's a great point. The Chinese government is now having raids to stop private tutoring efforts, and they have new departments that specifically crack down private tutoring businesses. But chicken blood parents just try to find tutors from under the radar. They have secret sessions in houses and businesses is promoted through word of mouth. Ooh, and those forums and WeChat groups we talked about earlier. Haha, uh, yeah, I think so. Wow, we've talked so much about chicken blood parenting and all its various effects, but I have to ask, does it even help the child in the long run? Well, that's a great question that has yet to be answered. We see a lot of high achievement in Chinese students who have been raised by chicken blood parents, but there are definitely some negative impacts. Yeah, like they don't really get to experience it childhood, and they might get burned out early on. I think it's important that more research is done on Chinese parenting, especially this new breed of parents. Yes, understanding Chinese parenting from a more culturally aware perspective is crucial when accurately evaluating its effectiveness. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Tune in next week where we'll be discussing another banger topic: how Americanized Chinese food developed. See ya, bangers. <laughs>